hoes, huh? Ay, ay, ay. I've been ballin' so damn hard, I swear I think that I'm coping. Young bull on this rap shit, but I think that I'm coping. All right, welcome to an uncovered exclusive. This is Brian Bradley, uh, and I'm here with Andre Bradley. And my guest is Kevin White for tonight, uh, one of my longtime basketball coaches. Uh, finally get the chance to reconnect with them, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. So, I know you, but we have haven't talked in a minute, so just go ahead and introduce yourself to the podcast and let us know what's going on in your life. Well, thanks first of all, boys, for having me on. This has been, uh, it's always good to see your former players out doing positive stuff and keep impacting young people's lives and just spreading the word of good knowledge that I hopefully taught you back in the day. But right now I uh, just finished up my fifth year at Kalamazoo College as assistant coach, recruiting coordinator. Uh, I've been coaching now for 20 plus years. Uh, seems like it was many moons ago when I was teaching you two how to play the game of basketball, but uh, I've been involved with it now for 20 years. So I've been using this time, this pond- pandemic time to, uh, increase my knowledge of the game and uh hopefully come out a better coach at the end of it makes sense how the how the season go this year for k college uh the season was okay we had a coaching change um so with with that with change comes new new ideas new terminology new everything but once we fought through it we finished the year strong uh we were offensive rebound away literally for making a conference tournament and for a school like k that hasn't won in a long time um, they have 3,000-point scorers that were seniors this year, one being Trey Humes, actually, who was from Port right. Northern, uh, who was only at who was only at um, K College for two years, uh, played two at Kalamazoo Valley. It was pretty neat. So um, we got, you know, you want to leave it better than you found it. So those three guys, two of them being local guys, one from Three Rivers and one from Port Northern, being 1,000-point scorers is pretty cool. Yeah, that's good to hear for Trey. And just – with the coaching change, it's always up from here as well. But before we dive into the questions, uh, I know you had a son. So how he's, how is he doing? Oh, Vincent's doing really well. Um, most people don't know this, but uh, Vincent was born prematurely uh, last year to the middle of the season. Uh, Vincent was two pounds and five ounces when he was born. And now he's 22 pounds and six, seven, 17 ounces. So we're on the road to, um, he's 100% healthy, no deficiencies. Um, the NICU, uh, where premature babies are born, and he was born in Colorado. Uh, I tip my hat off to every NICU nurse in the world because they literally have someone's child in their hands. And our NICU nurse who we had was incredible. Of course, my wife was incredible. Um, I took 10 flights back and forth during the season. Um, so if you ever want to fly to Southwest out of Grand Rapids to Denver, I kind of <laughs> I got it mapped out. Uh, right. It got it got so it got so good uh, the last couple times I went. That the people at TSA and Garabas didn't let I not have to wait in line anymore. They're like, we we know why you're going. <laughs> We've seen you so much. You can go ahead and skip. So I got a little juice at the TSA line in Garabas. Right. It's kind of nice. Uh, you about to make him a hooper? Uh, or... I, I I really think that's not up for debate. Um, <laughs> a lot of people that know me have known me for a long time, and when All they right. heard I was having a son, um, the joke was, well, what if he doesn't want to play basketball? And the nice thing was, my wife was like, well, what's he gonna do? Because she knows. I mean, right. we only have two TVs in our living room. One TV's for her, and one's for me watching The Last Dance on repeat. So, I mean, in our in our house, basketball isn't a thing we do. It's a part of our life. So, if he chooses not to play, that'd be one thing. But, I mean, you think about it. When you guys were little, hanging out, you were always around basketball. Right. And you were yeah. around soccer a lot. And when you got older, what would you end up playing? Basketball. I mean, it's going to end yeah. up 
it's, it's going to be hard for him to not like it when, when while we're going to practice, Daddy, yeah, can I shoot on the side? Well, of course you can. So, I mean, that's one of the things that's going to be really neat as he gets older. All right. Andre, you got a question or anything before I start it off? Um, yeah, I'm actually going to take one of your questions really quick. Go ahead. Um, throughout coaching, what has been your uh, biggest lesson or – let me rephrase that. What has been your biggest lesson from coaching or playing basketball? You never, you never stop working. Like a lot of – there's, I sent you guys a couple things – last couple of days that coaches are having zoom meetings right. and coaching clinics. So I think you can never, I've never tried to say, okay, this is how I do things. I would coach some teams differently. The more that I've learned about the game of basketball, but in the time I've spent as a players and coach, I've never, I've always tried to get better. Even if it's like little things, like I played point guard in high school, as you guys know. Yeah. So going to coach in college, being having been told, Hey, you're going to coach the centers this year. What? I'm going to coach post players? Like, I've never done that. And he goes, well, I was a young coach at the time. He was like, my old boss was like, this is the best time for you to learn. You're 19 years old. You're just done with school. You got nothing else going on. You can drive around the country, work post camps, and become a better post coach. And when I had post players that weren't as good, it was easier for me to coach them because I was versed in it. When I first started as a coach, I'm like, I'm just going to coach guards. And I'm going to go to this level, and I'm going to do this. And now it's like, man, I want to be able to coach every side of the ball. So I think as a player, as a coach, I've learned you've got to continue to grow as a coach and as your game. And last thing about that, you must, as a coach, even as a player, respect the women's side of the game. I've learned you can steal more stuff from women's basketball than you think you can, especially at the highest level. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that just because women's basketball, it's not as fast paced. So you can definitely see all the fundamentals. So it's easier to just like pick and choose what you want to see. Yes, exactly. And just building off of that, you know that Andre and I were first year coaches uh, at Hackett this year for JV. So part of the tree. You're, yeah, you guys part are, of the tree. My, one so, of my branches. Yep. So yeah, so we never stop learning. It's always just because we we didn't film a game, so it's always kind of just paying like closer, like super close attention to what's going on in the games and just finding those little nuances to change. Um, but yeah, this first year was definitely a learning experience and I know I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, I'm not sure if Andre is or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year, especially with Mr. Ryder stepping down from the freshman team. Yep. So I know that position will be open. So okay. looking into taking that, um, I heard that the eighth graders coming up aren't that good, but that'll even just better. be a big yeah, that'll yeah, just be a bigger better. learning experience yeah, for me. And then better. just get them better throughout the year. Well then what I what I've told every player that's played for me that when they get into coaching is understand, make it your own Picasso. Like whatever drills we used that you didn't like, learn new ones. Whatever ones we did that you liked, you forget them or plays we ran. I mean I literally have a filing cabinet of every practice plan I used to hack it. So there's stuff I use from when you I coach you guys. So start doing that stuff now. I might need that. Yeah, start saving files now and start writing stuff down and get scan stuff and put it on thumb drives and go back to the stuff that works and go back to the stuff that don't work. The one thing that piece about to give you both, if you're not filming stuff, if you cannot film games, remember I used to film practice, and that's more for you two than it is for the team. Because then you can go back and be like, man, you know, Adam wants more minutes, but 
I'm I'm not seeing him giving it all in practice. And you go back and watch the tape and go, man, he's killing it in practice. Right. I got to get that kid more minutes, you know, or he keeps running the same play wrong. Well, this is why he's running it wrong. When I'm talking, he's off to the side, not paying attention. Because you, I know you guys coach in Hackett. The gym isn't empty when you guys are at practice. Right. There's a million things going on. Yeah. There. So if you can't get your games filmed, find a way to at least film part of practice. And that'll help you too. Yeah, that's definitely one I one of the issues I had this year too. Uh, kids asking for more playing time and just going into the games trying to get them that extra playing time. Their practice their practice play didn't transition into the game. So that's kind of a issue that I face on how to I guess just like average everyone's playing time and try to make it fair. Well remember, numbers don't lie. Right. So make practice as the season goes on. Make it competitive. All right, we're doing a shooting drill. We're going to shoot threes to the top of the key. Here you go. Your parents keep emailing me about how you can shoot and how you don't miss. Well, I've charted the last three weeks, Adam. You're shooting 20% from three. John is shooting 44. Who should shoot from top of the key? You or him? Because you guys are blessed. And I've been blessed to coach really smart kids like you two. You guys weren't dumb. You realize, okay, 45%, 20%. Yeah, Coach White ain't going to let me shoot that much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, you're not coaching at a school where a- academics aren't easy. They understand yeah. the numbers and they understand the, and they're competitive. I mean, right. we won the team GPA award. What all, every year I was there, and you guys won it every year. You, your your class was ranking the state GPA wise yeah, all yeah. four years. So to use some mathematics and use break it down that way is a great way to disperse playing time. You know, right. All right, and just to transition, if you could go back and go back in time. What's one thing you would change, whether that be you on the court as a player or you as a coach? I'll give you, I'll give you two of them. As a player, okay. I wouldn't have, as a player, I would have never left and went to Florida Central. I would have stayed at St. Monica's and went to Hackett all the way through. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but no, I didn't know that. My dad passed when I was ten, so my mom got a job and we bought a house on Engine Road. And I, it was like, ooh, I live in Portage now. I want to go to Portage. So I ended up going to Port Central Middle School, and I went to Port Central High School for ninth grade. In that winter, that fall break, report card came home, and mom wasn't having it. My mom's a lot like yours. So <laughs> that Christmas, that fall break, sophomore year, I was enrolled back at Hackett. Let's just, just put it this way. Remember the stairs we used to have you guys run it at Hackett? Yeah. I'd have had about 400 my freshman year. I mean, I was like a one eight, one nine, barely. And I was just a class clown because it was Port okay. Central. I mean, right. people don't realize it's an athlete. You really just, my mind was, well, I got you to be eligible. So I would have stayed at the private school because it was so competitive academically. You had to study. You didn't want me to get to get the D or the F. It would have made me a better player. So that's probably one thing I would have done. And then if I would have stayed at the private school, I would have not pushed to be a freshman or sophomore in varsity. I would have probably tried to continue to work my way up because – as an underclassman of varsity, I learned looking back, we weren't very good. Like I did, well, Hackett, when I was to Hackett, we weren't good to my junior and senior year. When I looked at the roster, we didn't have any sophomore freshmen on that roster. My sophomore year, my I was on varsity, we had three sophomores up. We were getting I mean, we lost to Galesburg by thirty. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> staying with your class. Right. You know, everybody gets all mixed in nowadays. Well, I want to move up to varsity. Well, K Christian's been doing the same model for 30 years, and every year they're good. They rarely have any underclassmen up. 
So in high school basketball, that's what I've ever done. As a coach, no offense because I love you guys, I probably right. would have stayed at Glen Oaks. Because yeah. I'd probably be the head coach at Glen Oaks by now. I probably would have stayed at Glen Oaks. Okay. I, I left Glen Oaks to come to Hackett because it was Hackett, and I knew right. there were some, some players there. And there was this one kid that had nine brothers and sisters from Matawan who wasn't happy that I had to, I could steal. And Jason Newhouse, who I could kind of – so I was yeah. kind of thinking, there's some pieces. There's a couple kids that hack it already. Right. But if I can go through my AAU ties, I can pluck a couple kids. Yeah. You know, we can we can change it up. I think if I had stayed in college, I would have probably been all right too. I feel like we had, we had a special team that year, but there was just way too much drama, I feel like. Oh, it was, and a lot of it's coming from when you come from college to high school. I know I've learned now that it's a much different pace, and right. you're going to play the game a little more. I was not willing to play the game, yeah. and I wasn't gonna. I mean, I I kept myself away from. I wasn't sitting by anybody's parents. I wasn't talking to anybody's parents. I wasn't trying to be play. I was trying to draw the line between you guys and me. There was very few times where it's like, "Hey, come to my office, hang out with Coach White." It was like, right. "No." We're we're playing ball and that's it. So you have to have more of a nurturing, caring, help build them up type of mentality. I would do that differently if I would be hack it now. And hopefully that's what you guys are doing. Actually, I know what you guys are doing because I asked. Um, And I think that's important. You know, I think I grew up at Hackett at a time where the coaches were like I was with you guys. And I try to have it be, I tried to be Dick Soyson. In old old Mr. Easter, not new Mr. Easter, old <laughs> Mr. Easter, when we used to put four garbage cans around the Christmas Saturday morning practices and Sunday shoot arounds, we were in the gym all the time. Well, I learned that's not how you, things work now. So kids are kids are different, but I'd have changed it up for sure. Yeah, I I had no issues with the way you were coaching, but you knew that. So I mean, I felt like it was, I felt like it made me a better player in the end because. So one of the reasons why I was able to just deal with adversity on and off the court as well. And I think, I mean, a lot of people are all, one big thing, we can talk about it now because it's over. Right. You guys, everyone kept saying, we got to keep the twins together. And my big question was, did you ever ask Andre and Bradley, Andre and Brian what they wanted to do? And they looked at me like I was the elephant in the room. And I was like, do you think they, they've been playing together their whole life. Do you think they wouldn't mind one being on one team, one being on the other? If they mind, they probably. I mean, you guys don't say much, right? She yeah. didn't seem too upset <laughs> when you got split up. No, no. Nah. It gave him, uh, it gave Andre a chance to shine on JV, and and I wanted to play on varsity. Correct. Yeah. So I think a lot of it. There's a lot of a lot of parent influence in high school, which is fine. But I've seen some high school programs in my times recruiting, where it's just ingrained in the parents. They know from day one. Let the coaches coach, let the players play. We're just here to support. I mean, I can tell you right now, some of the things I saw at Hackett would never happen at Muskegon or Clarkston. And I'm talking about programs that are in Breslin at least mm, one over right. five years. So when people want to talk about winning state championships, it starts with, like, the dads who used to play are now sons on the team need to be up in the stands just enjoying watching their kid play. I mean, you think about all the great players Muskegon's had, yeah. You never hear about Keith Maybe. guy having a parent meeting about playing time. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just get in the gym and work hard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the gym is always open, which is nice. Which you, Up there, you need that. But our high school, because I can call it our high school, back when you guys were just born in the late 80s, early 90s, we were really good in basketball. But the parents and the, the administration 
they left the coaches alone and let the players do their thing. And they're really good. So hopefully it gets back to that soon, you know? Yeah, I think that's what we're trying to do at that point. The new head coach has a scrimmaging, like, Class A team. So he's he's trying to get us some play against some top-notch competition and just make everyone, if we if we can, if we get a summer. But I hope we do. The nice thing in your position on staff, because I know Coach Johnson's an older guy, the guys yeah. are going to come to you to complain. Right. You guys are like, look, fellas, when we were here, the coach we had, we did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to get to go to the lake all summer and hang out and Instagram all, all summer long. Like, well, if we're going to be good next winter, we're going to have to get in the gym and play a little bit, you know, and play. And who, if we lose in the summer, who cares? Yeah. But we can't lose in the winter because we didn't have a summer. Right. So I'm just hoping this whole pandemic kind of eases out and allows us to go to those team camps and yeah, just get in the gym more. I hear you. I hear you. I love, I mean, that's, that's the best, that's the best time to coach. You get one or two timeouts. Everyone gets a chance to play. Right. And you just, you know, and guys either kind of get better or, or you see what they have to work on before the season starts. And that's kind of the issue with my team. A lot of kids want, want to play next year and they know they have stuff to work on, but if they can't get access to the gym, it's kind of tough because I know a lot of them don't have basketball hoops, so right, just, right, I can't work out or nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for sure. All right, and then next question would be um, for like coaches or high school players that want to coach, like J, uh, junior college or D three, or just play at that next level. What's like a big step they can take to get to that next level? Well, one of the biggest steps you could make is don't be afraid to move. And don't be afraid to start at a lower level. And you might have to take a position where you have to have a side job and you get to coach. Like you might have to have a just a regular nine to five and then you're coaching at night, your team at night, or you're living in a state or a city where you know nobody, but you're getting a chance to coach with somebody that's really good. But also be picky who you're working for. Like what I was blessed to have guys like Joe Hacklin, Jay Smith, Mike Turner, you know, who were 100, 500 win C Pro Rock, they'd won four or 500 games. And those were my bosses. And they let they allowed me to get better as I got older. So that's why by the time I was ready to take a head job, I had 11 or 12 years in, and I'd worked with some guys who had done it at a high level, and they helped me get, made me, push me to get better. You know, it's hard to have a young, to be a young coach at the sub varsity or small college level and have a young boss. Because you guys are going to be friends before you're an employee worker. So, like, you know, I get a job across town at a, I take a high school job. And now you guys are working for me. Well, it's much different than if you were working for somebody who was 21, 22, close to your age. That's why Coach Johnson's perfect because he sees more than you think he does because he's seen it all. So you got to be on your P's and Q's, you know. Yeah. And he has your back, yeah. you know. He wants you guys – I don't – he didn't want you guys to take over the program when he's done. Or find you a varsity job or a college job or somewhere else. That's what you want. Instant, you want you want to be able to get to those next steps working for somebody that can help you out. Yeah, because that's definitely my next step is to either become a head coach for varsity or take that next step to somewhere in college. Um, I like what Von Washington's doing at uh, I think he's at Western Illinois, so like basketball operations. He was at Western Illinois. Um, that's a great – getting in the operations side, believe yeah. it or not, is a great way to get onto the floor. Right. If you're 
tech savvy, understand computers, which you both do, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Very, very smart. It may not seem as glamorous, but now you're in the staff meeting when Izzo's talking about how Xavier Tillman can't rebound. Right. And then at two in the morning when he needs to get shots up, he's calling your phone to get to get a workout in. Those are the people like I can tell you, I can name you're gonna laugh. So Tom Crean had that job. Lavelle Jordan had that job. You were a coach of Butler. Okay. Um, Sean Miller, the coach of Arizona, had that director of operations job at one point, and so did Shaka Smart. Those are four guys that are making seven to eight million dollars right now. Right. That started as GAs, Dobos, video coordinator, you know, one of those positions. So if that's your path, that's very smart to look at it that way. Yeah. A lot of guys think, well, I'm going to coach high school a little bit and just dive right into coaching at Division Two or Division One or Division Three. I would also say, since you have connections, coaching summer ball, coaching travel basketball, like coaching a storm team or doing something like that, it's an instant evaluation because during the live okay. period, all those college coaches, are there, they're sitting there watching your team play, but they're also watching you. When I got rehired at K, I was coaching at Storm at the time, and the head coach of the Storm was watching my team play, and he was watching me, and he asked the guy next to him, because he wasn't from here, well, who's this guy coaching his team? And the assistant coach he was talking to, he was like, laughing, he was like, that guy lives five minutes from your campus. <laughs> They're like, what? He was like, yes, Kevin White. He was like, that's Kevin White? My AD told me to call him, da, 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 da. He was like, yeah, he knows every player in his gym. He was like, hey, I didn't, and we, he literally goes, I hired you from watch you coach for three days so if you had an opportunity to do something like that that's an instant evaluation and you get to be with all those college coaches but, dinner yeah. and break bread and those kind of things yeah i definitely want to do that at some point just don't know how to we, we would have to talk off camera about that <laughs> not a problem i know plenty of and, and yeah. some of these programs now they pay okay so it's your summer job so it keeps mom and dad off your back. Like, what you doing right. all summer? You making any money? Yeah. Well, I'm coaching. You ain't making no money. No, really. I Coach White got me a job coaching with this travel team. Yeah. And it's like legit, like Atlanta, Kansas City, yeah. flying, traveling. Like, it's not like, oh, we're playing at the courthouse grand right. a couple tournaments here. No, no. And they expect you to, like, win. win yeah. You're playing, you're coaching, like, really good, good players. Good. Like, when yeah, I was we... at the store my first year, I had Devin Booker. And they're looking at me like, right. how are you losing? You got the guy, <laughs> one of the best players in the world. I'm like, because of triple teaming him. That's why we're losing. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we went to that tournament in uh, Indiana when I was – Indianapolis when I was playing for Storm 2. And uh, Devin Booker just walked into the gym and everybody shifted to that court. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all happens. Yeah. It all happens. Yep, for sure. But, yeah. um, I don't have any more questions for you. Got any questions for Andre and, Andre and I? Yeah. Um, What is the plan? Are we, we're done with school, right? Yep. Somebody graduated. Both of you guys finished. Both of us. What did we get our degrees in? Marketing. Marketing. Nice. Yeah. Mine was in sales and marketing. That's right. Now I'm just doing some real estate, trying to get that off the ground and coaching. Perfect. So. Well, you guys both have my number. You know, any, like I, like I said before, I have got, drives my wife nuts. I don't want to come to basketball. I don't throw stuff away. Um, I would say the nice thing for you guys, I would say active on social media. That's any advice. And I would have, you know, a Twitter account where I'm starting to follow coaches. Believe it or not, coaches answering DMs. There's a lot of guys on there that put X and O stuff. And don't get bogged down with, this is what I'm going to run. This is how I'm going to play. Because I've been doing this for 20 years. Right. And 
next year. I'm not sure where I'm coaching, but I've got so many new ideas now. I got to see my team first. There's a line in Hoosiers that says, let me see the hand I'm dealt before I make any decisions. Before you guys go into next year with your high school teams, don't go, well, I'm going to come out and just run this. Okay. You know, continue to study and understand different type of offenses, and then that'll kind of help you give an idea of what you guys want to run. Unless Coach Jay's got you running like, hey, you're going to run motion, shut up. We have uh, yeah, we just have a motion offense that he wants all the pro, all the levels to run. But other than that, it's what you want to put in and what you want to run. So as long as we run the motion, we can do whatever we want. Yep. What about the most important side of the ball, Andre? What are you running on defense? Uh, I am about defense. We did man a lot. Um, and then when they got beat, especially when we were playing K Christian, they would get beat a lot. Um, yeah. Switch to two three or three two, and that. Help us uh, get back in the game, and then we just switch man. So we're constantly switching up throughout the season. Well, you remember we used to um, have the number system. You guys probably don't remember it. No, do, we used no. to do make miss. So I got my mic up all. So with your team, because you guys were, we had so many dual sports soccer football guys. Right. If we made a two point basket, we'd be in twenty two, which was two two one back to two three. If we made a three, which means Joe finally hit one, we'd go one three one back to one three one. If we miss, we were in man-to-man. Yeah, so I implemented like halfway through the season. Oh, you cut out for a second? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So it's the chaining difference system, it's good for to keep the other team on their toes and to help you guys improve as coaches, you know? Right. Come up with a number system. I can always send it to you. I sent it to you and hang out. I've used it for years. It's It works, and you can tinker to how you want. Instead of saying, hey, we're in zone the whole time. If we make a basket, we're in this. If we miss, we're in this. Based on our bounds, we're in this. Right. And then all of a sudden, the kids are like, hey, coach, they haven't made a shot in forever. Let's go this defense. Or their backup point guards, and he can't dribble. Let's press them. So then it look, then you're sitting there looking like a genius because you worked on it so much. Right. The kids are starting right. to get it, you know. you know. So just something for you guys to think about. And then if we, the pandemic comes to a close, and we can get together and sit on chat more, I'd love to. Continue to do this. If you guys need more ideas for guests, coaches or people that you want to talk to let me know uh, i can help out any way i can i'm proud of you both you know that keep right, working man, out thank you i'm happy you guys got haircuts i mean I- <laughs> so cool i've had a haircut right. in a, like a month so i'm telling so you looking good they, they close everything right you got to go to the grocery store with a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> only a couple more weeks and then hope so just be a new normal so just right just gotta live with it. Yeah, I hear ya. All right, guys. All right. Yep. Thank you. All right. This was uncovered. Thank you for listening. I'm Brian Bradley, and I'm Andre Bradley, and we'll see you next time. Good night, good night.